you're on the air with Florenza, your podcast destination for authentic conversations with a twist. So grab your favorite drink, get comfy, and join me on this unique literary journey. Cheers! I have with us for the third take, just so you know um, why we will be giggling a lot. Apparently, I don't know how to hit the record button. So we have Shakir Rashan with us. He is the conjurer of worlds, sorcerer, man, myth, legend, and prototype. Um, Shakir, we're going to have to do a second toast. So oh, no way. <laughs> fill up that glass one more time. I'm glad that both of us are seated in our offices because as many takes as we've had and yeah, we're going to be loosey goosey for <laughs> this interview. So you've already told me that you've got a um, rum, but where exactly is your rum from? It is a rum brand called Echiano. It is, um, it is an Afro-Caribbean blend um, where uh, the the actual um, the actual name of the company is based on a uh, is actually based on a Caribbean um, a Caribbean abolitionist uh, as far as that is. So everything that every every bottle that is actually bought um, of his brand of the family brand, so to speak, is um, is actually a portion of the proceeds go toward uh, liberation of uh different uh different um if i remember correctly i think they switched it over to actually uh child trafficking if i remember correctly wow so that is alcohol with a message and with a mission absolutely well, you know what i expect nothing less from you than that even the alcoholic beverage that you enjoy has a message and a mission because that is absolutely who you are now for those who follow you, and I know that is a lot of people, they are very familiar with a quote that's um, very near and dear to you. And it is a quote from Virginia Woolf. Mm -hmm. And for those who aren't um, followers or this is their first time, I want to read that quote. It says, every secret of a writer's soul, every experience of his life, every quality of his mind is written large in his works and that's by virginia wolf why is that quote so important to you um i the reason why that quote i've i've had different quotes that have, that have meant a lot to me over the over the course of my career um and virginia wolf's quote has been one that's been most recent to me and probably the most probably the most appropriate um for what my for what my career has been um what that quote means to me is is that there's always a piece of me in just about every main character that is in my universe as far as my literary universe is concerned um so I, there's always a piece of me that 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 readers who can pay attention and readers who normally do pay attention can see what part of me might be inside of that particular character that i may have written uh, regardless of who, regardless of their age, as a matter of fact, I mean, I've, mm -hmm. you know, I've got, I've got everybody from my teenagers who are, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. I've got, you know, I've got young adult, or excuse me, new adult is what they call it now, where, where it's in that 18 to 25 range. And I've got, uh, and then of course I've got, you know, very, uh, very well seasoned gentlemen and men of a certain age as well. So 
regardless of the age, there's a piece of me inside of each of those main characters and those main male characters. How hard was it for you tapping into different aspects of who you are and pinning it to paper? A lot of times people think, oh, you know, everything that we do is fictional and they don't realize, um, you know, that in order for those characters to be so likable or to seem so lifelike that it does require that we tap into someone. How difficult was it for you to expose those elements of who you are to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of readers? I've been blessed in a sense to where um, I've had a, I've had a bloodline that has been very welcoming in terms of living your truth speaking mm -hmm. your truth and and you know and, and and just being able to be comfortable in the skin that you're in um that that has been a blessing for me in a lot of instances it started with my grandfather it, it continued with my with my father and my uncles um you know as far as that is and i tried to impart as much as i could as a father myself so being able to be comfortable to be able to um in a manner of speaking expose would be mm -hmm. for lack of a better term of course um be able to expose and and show uh those vulnerabilities those flaws those those imperfections in a manner of speaking and be able to allow those uh allow those characters to do as they do you know don't try to really constrain them don't try to you know point them in a direction from a morality perspective or anything along those lines. I just let my boys do what they do. Yeah. And speaking of letting your boys do what they do, you have cut your teeth on just about every genre there is with the exception of I'm thinking what picture books. Okay. Not unless <laughs> yeah. you have one out there that I've not stumbled upon. No, um, no, no, no. <laughs> I haven't jumped into that world yet. No. Now starting out, you, your, primary genre was very much in the adult realm. Mm -hmm. And at what point were you able to share the writings that you started out with, with like your daughters or at what age were they when they realized that dad is the infamous Shakira shot? Uh, yeah, we're going to have a real battle. We're going to have a lot of fun with that one. My, <laughs> my youngest, my youngest, my daughter is a curious sort. That's the best way I can explain it. And she's always known that, you know, she's always known that her father has been into putting words together and, and things of that nature. She's used to me telling stories um, orally speaking. I've been, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm constantly uh, coming up with anecdotes and, and, and different things along those lines whenever we have conversations. And she's been used to it growing up as far as that was. So, and she didn't know that I was actually putting pen to paper from a commercial perspective until she got to about third grade, I think. So she was about maybe seven or eight years old at the time. And, okay. and yeah, that, that was a whole thing. Um, she found out that I started writing. She told her teacher. Her teacher got excited. And next thing I know, I get drafted for a career day. <laughs> And it, 
it just got wild from there. So not only am I telling her third grade classmates that, yes, I write books for a living. And no, you can't read them yet because, you know, that's not what I I haven't written anything for y'all yet and that type of thing. And, you know, that particular class and that particular group of kids um, made me promise to write something that they could read one day. And that that became the full circle. Uh, okay, the full circle and that's what led us into Never Wraith. Now, before we get into Never Wraith, because I do want to spend a lot, as much time as, as we have to that series, tell the listeners all the genres that you do write in and start with the one that you started writing in first. Woo. Uh, well, let's see. I started out in erotica, um, started out in erotica and erotic fiction, um, and then I migrated over to uh, romantic suspense and thrillers. And then from there, I um, I moved over into, uh, for all intents and purposes, contemporary romance, but my romances are not contemporary, nor are they conventional. Um, so there's that as far as that was. <laughs> Um, then there's then there's paranormal. Um, there's both the paranormal romance and paranormal uh, and just paranormal stories in, in a manner of speaking. So um, I jumped into that world for a good little minute as far as that was. It was wherever the wind blew for me, it was it was just something that I was just comfortable with. I read in a lot of genres as it is. Um, so it was nothing to find out what the what the what those patterns were, figure out what the 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 beats were and then just kind of uh find my place in it you know in a manner of speaking and then now of course i'm in the young adult world now one of the things that i admire most about you both as a reader and as a, a fellow author is your discipline to writing just share how important it is for you to have such a disciplined writing life um i learned from ironically i actually learned by doing nano national novel writing month which of course is the for all the intent for for those who are aware of it it's nano or nanorimo or however you decide you want to do it um i actually started writing and i actually started doing nano back in oh i want to say 2011 and the it was never a matter of I was trying to win Nano or I was trying to get the the, the constant word count that was required for um, for Nano Rimo. It was a it was a lesson in that gauntlet, in a manner of speaking. It was a matter of learning the discipline that it takes to be a commercial writer, to be in that public and commercial space where you have to perform. You have to produce. And, you know, there. I know there are people that are out there and they're like, you know, I got to wait for inspiration and I got to do this and I got to do that before I decide I want to write and that type of thing. When you're in the commercial space, you don't have time for inspiration. You, you find it where you can and the discipline comes in on the back end where you just literally find the, you find the time, you find the space, you do your best to find the, the, the headspace that you need. You get it done. That's really what it is at the end of the day for me. What's one of the, because the, I know that they're not regrets as a writer, 
the sacrifices that we make to create these worlds is so intense and so insane. What is looking back something that um, you're like, wow, that was my greatest sacrifice to maintain that writing schedule that has allowed you to be as successful as you are? Um, I think in a manner of speaking is, is this. Actually, the wildest part was I actually did the, I think the majority of the best writing I actually did from a production perspective was when I was actually earning my bachelor's degree at the beginning, at the beginning of the 2010s. Um, I was actually writing my Nubian Underworld series at the same time that I was earning my bachelor's degree. And I literally had, because I had to write the research papers and the term papers and all the things as far as that was, I was already in that headspace of I got to get this written, I got to get this written. So when I got ready to go into the fictional space, it was almost like it was a seamless transition for me at that point. So it was nothing to, okay, I got to get this paper done. I've already done all the research that I need to get done and the paper's going to get written. The, the paper got written and then I still had enough energy from having written that paper and completed it and gotten it turned in and all that other good stuff, I had enough energy to go ahead and switch over into the creative headspace and go ahead and get that done as well. So that was probably my better, my biggest sacrifice in a manner of speaking, um, more so than anything else. I mean, I, there there have been there have been some challenges in my career where I just literally said, okay, you know what, I can't get this done, and I had to have the I had to have the, the 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 forethought and the, I guess the ability to say, okay, I can't do it all. Mm -hmm. I got to focus on one thing or the other, or both are going to suffer. So I ended up having to do that for, I think it was about, I think it was a, maybe about 2000, I think it was 2017, I believe is what it was. Um, okay. I had to turn down, I had to turn down like two or three projects because I didn't have the headspace to do so because my wife was in um, severe medical distress during that year. And I had to get that taken care of. And I had to make sure she was, you know, back on her feet and, and, and back on the back on her, what she needed to get done as far as that was before I could actually get back to being in that creative headspace, because it's just, yeah, life is lifing and you got to prioritize. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for saying that, because I believe that oftentimes for new writers, that sense of saying yes to everything and figure it out is always in the back of their minds, not realizing that maturity will let you know what you need to say yes to and when you need to say no. Now, you have some very unusual characters and you've referenced that each of them has some aspect of the man, the myth, the legend, the prototype embedded in them. Mm -hmm. Of your characters, which one is the closest to being Shakir? Um, that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie to you. There, there, there are. It's it's almost like it's a one and a one with an asterisk in a okay. manner of speaking. Um, so there's that as far as that is. Obviously, you you your firstborn is always the one that probably embodies you the most. Um, so in that particular instance, that would be Ramses, um, who is the main male character in my Nubian Underworld series. Um, he probably embodies the most um, 
probably most of my 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 personality traits and uh and things of that nature as far as that is um uh-huh. and then after him it would probably be dorian um dorian de silva um he's actually uh inside of my um a romantic suspense love lust and beautiful liars um he is the he's probably the closest outside of ramses that would be you know you could literally draw almost a parallel line between us in the manner of speaking um other than that everyone else has a lot but they're it's it's almost lesser degrees in a manner of speaking okay. i don't i don't try to throw myself entirely into all of my characters because then it becomes boring um i have to try and pick and choose what i feel would be um different aspects of my own personality that would help set them apart from each other and make sure they're distinctive of each other mm-hmm. um that way that way nobody feels like they're reading the same person every time they open up a book and that was going to be my question in terms of how do you keep your characters being so unique and being so fresh because you do have your series but you're you're so diverse in what you're writing mm-hmm. that for an author that really loves variety, they're able to pick up any of your books and just as you said, feel like they're being introduced to a brand new character each and every time. So there's nothing stale with what you create. Now, how do your characters appear to you? Now, we both have a mutual friend that her (laughs) characters will jump into the car and click on the seatbelt and ride with her and talk the entire time. How are Shakir's characters uh, manifesting and making themselves known? Um, It can be one of three ways. I I have in my head a a virtual office in a manner of speaking um and there there is a there's a green room in a manner of speaking and then there's my main waiting area so to speak where they well not even a a waiting area it's the same green green room waiting room is the same damn thing um basically they sit and wait for me to figure out who I need to talk to next in a okay. manner of speaking that they don't necessarily take a number and they, they have to be in a, in a, in a sequential order or anything along those lines. It's just whatever ends up popping up. Um, and then if there is one of them that has a, has a story that's just so compelling that I can't, they can't wait for me, they'll pop up and do what they do. Um, and sometimes it's just a matter of if either I'm in my office or I might be just out and about just doing what I'm doing. I may be reading someone else's work and I'm enjoying being in their universe as far as that is. And that character pops up while I'm in the middle of their world, uh, the, the other world that I'm reading about. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, well, why are you doing this? This is what's going on. And I'm, oh. <laughs> so it, it, it depends on the it depends on the circumstances and it depends on what I'm doing at that moment. I'm Like I said, I could re- very, real, very realistically, I could be reading someone else's book and my character is like, I got something similar, or I got something that'll be diametrically different than what they're, what you're reading right now. And I'm going, okay, fine, let's, let's make an appointment. Let's make an appointment. <laughs> let's sit down. Let's get this over with. I got some other things I got to get done. You, you're doing the most. And thank you for referencing how important it is for us as creatives to spend time reading and um, enjoying other creatives. Um, 
masterpieces and works. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes writers say, oh, I'm too busy to read. If you're too busy to read, then you shouldn't be writing. Like it is, it is imperative that as creators that we, if it's not reading, then it has to be something that you're doing that's feeding into that creativity. Um, so you started out with erotica and just for the listeners to know, he's just not talking about basic, right? He is like, he is like the king of erotics to the point to where Zane countersigned yeah, that part. <laughs> on all that you do, which is phenomenal in and of itself. How difficult was it transitioning from that definite adult world into the YA world and what has been the most fun and transitioning to that world? Well, I, obviously the language is different. Um, the When it comes to young adult, um, and, and I know there's, 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 there's a switch, a, I, I guess a changing of minds in a manner of speaking where um, YA in the past, you couldn't really use a lot of profane language um, or things along those lines. Now you can kind of get away with a few here and there. You know, it ain't necessarily got to be, you know, riddled with bullets in a manner of speaking. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're, you can allow your kids to actually do what kids do when they're away from their parents. They, they, some of the language that comes out of their mouths is ridiculous sometimes. But, you know, at the same time, you're literally doing it. You're, you're trying to give as much of a, a bird's eye view um, of what the kids may be thinking, may be saying, may be feeling, and let them be who they are, you know, regardless of what, you know, you're not necessarily policing their language or anything along those lines that you're trying to tone police or anything along those lines. Sometimes you just really need to let them do and say what they need to do and say in the language that they understand. Um, so that was one thing that I had to learn differently from um, from the adult world in the sense that, you know, adults have their own way of expressing themselves and then teenagers have their own way of expressing themselves. And, you know, I had to try and be as true to that as humanly possible. Sometimes it doesn't always come to fore. It doesn't always work out the way that I want sometimes. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's just a matter of um, making sure that they understand and, and the target audience that I'm trying to write to that they understand more than anybody else. How exciting is it knowing that the, because you've been writing for, for some time now, how exciting is it knowing that readers that started with you now have children who are close enough in age to be able to read Never Wraith and to know that you've got an adult with, a Shakir book at the same time that their their teenager is sitting there with a Shakir book. It is a mind blowing <laughs> concept. Is all I can say to you at this point. It's like I I didn't I I never envisioned my career to really take this turn. Um, I think in a manner of speaking, I kind of I kind of shifted in that direction to a certain degree because. Um, the Devil's All American was my new adult, or uh, my new my new adult offering. You know, my kid, and I, I always say kids because I'm, you know, I'm almost fifty now. But my kids literally were twenty one, twenty two years old in The Devil's All American, and you know, and and 
now that you know that was that was circa 2018 when I wrote that book. So we're talking six years later, and now they're you know knocking on 30, trying to advise my kids now, you know, in terms of being the 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 older uncles, quote unquote. Um, as far as, you know, what they're doing in terms of what I'm dealing with with my new series uh, that I'm conceiving at this point. And it's 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 wild watching that dynamic in the sense that this is a kid that I literally conceived when he was, you know, 21 years old and still trying to figure life out and all of those things. And now he's married with, you know, he's he's married and in, 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 in his career and he's comfortable in what he's doing. And, you know, his wife is doing what she's doing as far as that is. And they were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time that I originally conceived them. And now they're advising a new generation of characters that I never saw coming. Right, right. <laughs> what do you see is the future for Shakir in the YA space? Right now, I think I am enjoying the fact that I can really... Um, I can really take the, I won't say take the handcuffs off. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that doesn't, that, that sounds ingenuous, um, disingenuous rather. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying the freedom that being in that age range gives me mm-hmm. in the sense that I'm not burdened by all of the all of the things that adults are burdened by, you know, as mm-hmm. far as just just life experiences and 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 dealing with extra baggage and you know all of those things. Young adult is probably the purest form of creativity that I can conceive of because they're they haven't been they haven't been harmed by life yet. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that probably drew me to the young adult and the new adult space more than anything else is that they just haven't had a chance to really be harmed in a manner of how I was when I was growing up, you know, having, you know, being a child and being a teenager in the nineties was rough sledding, you know, as far as that was, because, um, you know, we were at the height of the drug, uh, at at the the, the height of the drug epidemic. Um, we're, we're still dealing with rampant gang related activity and things of that nature. It was almost like, you were you were getting as much as you possibly could to try and just survive day by yeah. day um because of who you hung with or or who you were being friends with and you know those friends were starting to you know you i can remember before the age of 18 i had i'd attended more funerals of friends and known associates before the age of 18 than i than i have since since the age of 18 you know, as far as that was. And and that in and of itself was a thing in a manner mm-hmm. of speaking. So the so, so to be able to to be able to have those characters in my head now and they are devoid of all of those things that I had dealt with when I was a teenager. Um, it's almost like I get to I, in a manner of speaking, I guess it's, a, it's I, I get to relive things, yeah, dif- differently in a manner of speaking, obviously, but I get to relive a little bit, and I get to do it through my character's eyes, and have that sense of innocence through your characters or different way of living through your characters that wasn't present 
for you. And I love that. Now, um, as we're winding up, where are listeners able to follow you? Um, easy. You can get me at home at ShakiraShine.com. All of my social media posts, uh, all my social media links are on the homepage. Um, so you'll be able to find me wherever you need to find me. Um, as far as whatever favorite platform that you like using, I'm pretty much there. Um, and then it just works out from there. Uh, you can, you can, you can figure out where you want to be, where I am. And, you know, we vibe from there at that point. Now as a hybrid, author, both one that has successfully self-published many books and now being in that space uh, again of being traditionally published. What's new for Rashad in either one of those camps, albeit what you're going to release yourself under your imprint or what's coming up in terms of what you have for another imprint? I am literally trying to figure that out as we go. I think that's the beauty of the beginning of the year is that you get to kind of take a look at the entire calendar year and figure out, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to send? What do you want to keep? And I think that's the beauty of being a hybrid is that you can you can literally make those choices as opposed to you're just beholden to traditional houses and, and when and how they're going to actually get it done. So... That being said, there is um, there is a paranormal up my sleeve that I think I'm going to go ahead and publish under my brand, um, under my house as far as that is. And um, there are some other projects that I am working through now. Um, my other my my next YA series that I'm conceiving as we're speaking is um, I, I I I think the 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 commercial term is. Uh, they love to use comparison titles and things of that mm -hmm. nature. So um, it is basically Spawn Meets Above the Rim. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, that gives us something to look forward to and a definite reason to have you back on with us now. As is my routine, I've got a couple rapid fire questions for you as we are winding up. Of course, of and course. And these aren't this or that. So you're actually going to have to think a bit as far as what your answer would be. Okay, number one, would you fake your own death if it meant protecting your family? Yes. What makes you sad? Oh. Not being able to do what I love to do. Mm. Mm. That's a good one. What trait most defines who you are? Authentic. Yeah. I, 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 I will co-sign that. What is the kindest thing someone ever did for you? Um, honestly, the most the, 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 the kindest thing that someone has probably ever done for me is actually give me the space, give me a, give me a safe space to just be by myself and not be able to worry about things for um, a specific period of time to, to, to be able to have that peace for, even a brief moment is priceless. Yeah. If you could interview any author living or not, who would it be? And what would one question would you ask them? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, 
because I hadn't had a chance to speak with him or be uh, be uh, get a chance to really be around him, it would be Elon Harris. And the question that I would have for him um, really speaks to my own speaks to my own journey, and it's the simple fact of what gave you the what gave you the courage to create the characters that you created in the sense that they were before him, there were never characters like what he had created before in literature, independently or traditionally. Um, So I really would love to know what his process was, um, how he found the courage to uh, throw caution to the wind and just become what he became yeah because of it nice i love that and i love that um what you're doing that there's a young writer right now that's feeling the same way and that through your writings that they're encouraged to pick up the pen to create worlds of their own listen shakir thank you so much for joining me today i look forward to this um next chapter for you and all the the phenomenal worlds that you're going to be creating and soon i'm going to be grown enough to pick up some of your earlier pieces (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what everybody else said like sooner or later they're gonna grow up i understand (laughs) well thank you my friend and have a good rest of your day okay no absolutely thank you for having me it was fun as always yes all right take care And this wraps up another episode of On the Air with Florenza. You may follow me on all social media platforms under Florenza Lee or via my website at florenza.org. Until next time, cheers.